Good afternoon and welcome to Your American Heritage. My name is Ed Bondarenka. Thanks for joining us today. We have a pretty good show for you today, a good review of what's happened recently, particularly the things that are important to us. Um, we have a good guest. We're going to get into a discussion shortly. But I want you to know it's day 563 of the coup. That I mean the theft of the American government by enemies, both foreign and domestic. An international cabal worthy of a James Bond movie that is looting our treasury to enrich themselves and is trying to subjugate us so that they may empower themselves. Right? It's as simple as that. What would we do with counterfeiters that would print up fake money, making everybody's money worth less? Well, we throw them in prison is what we do. But we have an administration right now that's doing the very same thing. They're printing more and more money, and it's for their own benefit, their own power, and it's ruining our economy. It's ruining our livelihood. It's robbing from us, all right? It's evil. Let's pray. Father, please deliver the American people. Please deliver... <sighs> This nation, please reveal to the average Joe on the street exactly what's happening and who's doing it to him. And please, in the upcoming elections, please bring them to the polls and help them throw out the very people that are trying to subjugate and enslave us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, these tyrants have no regard for the law, except how they can manipulate with lawyers. But we have a guest today who's good at combating that. So joining us today is David Coleman of Coleman Legal Services and uh, Salt and Light Global and Great Lakes Justice Center, greatlakesjc.org. So hey, Dave, thanks for joining us today. Hey, Ed, always good to be with you. I think we had an election recently, didn't we? It seems so Maybe. long ago, you know, like Tuesday? <laughs> I heard something about it. Yeah. I'm not real sure. <laughs> well, I think some people were disappointed and other people were, well, I think some people had minor disappointments and some people had major disappointments. And Yeah, well, we'll have to see what happens come fall. We just got to work hard. So you have been involved in that legal case we talked about last time involving prosecutors and attorney generals and governornesses. And uh, so why don't you just go ahead and fill us back in on that and bring us up to speed? Well, sure. If I'm sure people are aware there's two lawsuits that have been pending over the last few months. One was filed by Governor Whitmer against 13 prosecutors around the state. Uh, the 13 counties that have the biggest abortion providers and clinics and stuff. So most of the bigger counties, but counties including Jackson County and, and Kent County and places around the state. Um, two of those prosecutors, Jerry Jarzinka in Jackson County and Chris Becker in Kent County, uh, hired us, hired Great Lakes, to represent them to defend themselves against Governor Whitmer's lawsuit. She was asking for the court to find that there's a new right to abortion in Michigan's constitution, separate from the federal constitution, um, and asking the court to take action. At the same time, she filed with the Michigan Supreme Court 
asking, uh, sending what's called an executive message to the Supreme Court, asking them to certify certain questions back to the trial court in Oakland County that is going to be hearing her case and asking the court to certify these questions regarding abortion and, and Michigan's Constitution and that sort of thing. So that was the first case. Well, can we back up here a second? Yeah. Certify. What exactly does that mean? I'm thinking of like ACRT or whatever we hear with the Supreme Court. So did it No, ever- it's not like that. This is where the Supreme Court would actually approve of questions that the governor wanted asked and then send those questions to the trial court to say this is what has to be tried in a trial is the answer to these questions. Oh, okay. Well, that explains that clearly. Thank you. You lawyers yeah. and your talk. I mean, my goodness. <laughs> okay. So this so. second lawsuit was Planned Parenthood, the same day, same time, filed a lawsuit against Dana Nessel, and they filed their lawsuit in the Court of Claims. And they drew Judge Gleischer, who's a former ACLU attorney, and represented Planned Parenthood in a case 25 years ago where they tried to uh, have the courts find that there's a right to abortion in Michigan's Constitution. The Mahaffey case, 1997, our Court of Appeals ruled in a published decision that there is no right to abortion under any clause of the Michigan Constitution, including right to privacy or anything else you can think of. So that's binding precedent in Michigan right now. Despite that, and the Court of Claims is just a trial court, it's not an appellate court, okay. but the difference is the Court of Claims hears all cases involving the state of Michigan, state officials, the governor, the attorney general, secretary of state, any official for the state or any state agency. So it has very limited jurisdiction and only deals with state officials. Well, then Judge Gleischer, despite the fact that she had represented Planned Parenthood uh, on this very same issue in the Mahaffey case, now was sitting as the trial court judge, and at that point, the the uh, the court <laughs> did not have jurisdiction. And so, what happened is Judge Gleischer refused to recuse herself, despite her contacts and having represented Planned Parenthood. She has been a donor to Planned Parenthood, and so she has refused to recuse herself. So she issued an injunction saying the abortion statute cannot be enforced by the attorney general. And then she tried to bootstrap the order to say all prosecutors in the state of Michigan were barred let's, let's, from enforcing the statute. Okay, so she tried. She Her injunction would just be against Nessel, who, of course, wasn't going to anyhow. But then, right. then she tried to get all prosecutors... Yeah. All prosecutors, all 83 prosecutors in the state, she, her order, she attempted to apply it to all prosecutors in the state of Michigan. Uh, that was a blatantly illegal order because she has no authority over local county officials or city officials, township officials. She only has authority over state officials. So here was the dilemma. She issues this order and they're claiming the governor and the attorney general, everybody's saying, well, prosecutors are bound by this and you cannot prosecute anyone under the abortion law. And yet we could not intervene in the case in the court of claims. We couldn't come in as a party, try to be heard, you know, do anything, appeal the order. We couldn't do anything because we're not allowed to. County officials cannot be a party in a court of claims case. So you see the setup. 
I'm, I'm trying to make sure that I got this so that our listeners got this. So she's telling, she's trying to do an injunction on these county prosecutors to stop the county prosecutors. But you county prosecutors can't come back and challenge that? Right. There's nothing they could do. They couldn't appeal. They couldn't challenge it in front of Judge Glacier. They couldn't do anything in the court of claims case because they're barred from being a party in the court of claims. So what we did was on behalf of our clients, the two prosecutors, and then we joined with Right to Life of Michigan and Michigan Catholic Conference. We went to the Court of Appeals and filed a complaint, a new case against Judge Gleischer for superintendent control, pointing all of this out to the Court of Appeals saying, Court of Appeals, you got to stop this, you know, remove Judge Gleischer from the case, reverse her decision and rescind this injunction. So we filed that a complaint. So what happened then was this week, and this is where all the activity has started this week. On Monday morning, the Court of Appeals issued an order, a published order, that said our complaint for superintendent control against Judge Gleischer was dismissed, that it was thrown out of court. Now, at first you would go, oh, wow, we just lost. That's a defeat. Well, it turned out to be a victorious defeat because what happened is the Court of Appeals said the reason we're going to dismiss your claim is because prosecutors can't be parties in the Court of Claims. And a Court of Claims judge has no authority to issue an order against prosecutors. And this order is of no effect against prosecutors and never was of any effect and could not be used to bar a prosecutor. So we won. So that's so, what came out Monday morning. <laughs> so they dismissed your case because they said you were right. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> so it's kind of some weird legal math. You lawyers, there. you lawyers, but, I tell you, you get paid for this, don't you? No, we won the case because we got the you know the point we wanted. The court ruled, you know, Great Lakes Justice Center, you're right. Right to life, Catholic Conference, you're right. Prosecutors are not barred from enforcing the law. So then when that hit the fan, of course, all the media and it was all over the place Monday morning, Monday afternoon, Governor Whitmer rushes back in into the Oakland County case. This is why I have to give you all this. She goes back to the other case, files a motion for a temporary restraining order at four o'clock that Monday afternoon. Five o'clock, the judge issues a temporary restraining order. No opportunity for us to be heard, no response from us, no nothing, and he just issues the injunction. And when you think about it, it's this is almost even more outrageous than what Judge Gleischer did in the Court of Claims. Yeah. He issues that injunction. Now, this one's only against those 13 prosecutors. The other 70 prosecutors in the state are still free to enforce the law if they want to. But the vast majority of abortions in Michigan are done in these 13 counties. But other counties could bring a case if somebody violated the law and a doctor did an abortion, say in Hillsdale County or anywhere else. That's not part of this lawsuit. So well, we we're, not gonna, course, and we're not going to solicit a test case, right? <laughs> in yeah. Hillsdale County. Smith judge set a hearing for yesterday, for Wednesday, for two days later, on his TRO. And we had to throw together a brief. He let us know at 4.30 on Tuesday afternoon that we could file briefs by 11 a.m. the next morning. Ah. So that's how much time he gave us to do a brief. So we did a brief. Uh, my son Stephen did most of it. And uh, actually, he did all of it. 
And uh, we put the brief in because I was working on my oral argument for the court hearing later that afternoon. And uh, he did about a 22, 23 page brief that he did in a couple hours uh, and put together. And the two things here were that TRO that got entered violated Michigan's court rules in five different ways and probably more, but five specific ways. And when these court rule violations occur, they're supposed to dismiss the TRO. They're supposed to rescind it. And the judge refused to do that. TRO, something restraining order. Temporary, temporary restraining order. Thank you. So then the second thing is the whole basis for this TRO is the governor's claim that women are going to be harmed, you know, if abortion services aren't readily available in Michigan. And so that's irreparable harm. And because they want to change the law to now include abortion in Michigan's constitution, because we want to change the law, grant us a TRO. I mean, it's the most outrageous, stupid abuse of power I've seen in a long time. But that was her argument. So in other words, because of a non-existent constitutional right that they're claiming they want to now create and make up <laughs> out of thin air, and it doesn't exist right now, give us a TRO so we can stop anybody from enforcing the statute and the judge granted their request. It's ridiculous. It's illegal on its face. But that's what the judge did. So we held a hearing yesterday afternoon for a couple hours, judge heard oral argument, and ignored all of our arguments, ignored the problems with this. And, and we also pointed out, the governor is the party here. The governor is the plaintiff. Not all the women of the state of Michigan. Not doctors in the state of Michigan. Not abortion clinics in the state of Michigan. They're not parties to this lawsuit. It's not a the class action. Is. The governor is. And so I merely pointed out to the judge, how is Governor Whitmer herself harmed if a prosecutor prosecutes a doctor in Jackson County for committing for doing an abortion? She's not harmed at all. And of course, he ignored that argument also. And we had other arguments that I won't bore you with right now. He issued another order, and this is where it gets even more crazy. He, he issued an order that now says all Michigan prosecutors are enjoined from enforcing the statute. Not just the 13 who are the defendants in the case. He says Michigan prosecutors in the state of Michigan cannot enforce the law. Now, I have no idea how this Oakland County Circuit judge in a lawsuit in Oakland County thinks he can tell a prosecutor in Ogemaw County or Marquette County or Hillsdale County to do anything. He has no authority to do that, but that's what he's done. Now, kind of there's a little wiggle room there because obviously our clients are not in Oakland County and he issued an injunction against them, but that's because they're parties to the lawsuit and they're joinder rules and things. I'm not going to bore you with the details. But that's different. The other 70 prosecutors, though, are not parties to the case. They cannot be bound in any way, shape, or form by this injunction, yet that's exactly what the judge issued yesterday. So there you are. So now he set a further hearing for August 17th, two weeks, or about a week and a half now. And at this further hearing, we can bring witnesses, and he's going to hear whether or not this TRO should become a preliminary injunction. So we have to have this hearing in a couple of weeks. I fully expect the judge is just going to, you know, keep his order in place. And then we're going to appeal to the Court of Appeals and see what the Court of Appeals thinks about all these legal machinations and illegal actions that they're taking. Um, 
Okay, so by the way, what's the name of this judge? It's uh, Judge Cunningham, Jacob Cunningham in Oakland County. Okay, well, if anybody's a prayer warrior that's listening, you can ask that God would bend this guy's ear a little bit and give him a little talking to, and uh, <laughs> you know, God can speak to him and, and change his mind. And and yeah. so these county prosecutors that he enjoined illegally, once again. They can't come back and challenge that because? Party to the case. They have no authority. So my advice to any other county prosecutor who's not a party in the Oakland County case, they're fully free to bring a case if they want to. This judge can do nothing to them. There is no order that applies to them. He can't hold them in contempt. He can't do anything. So my advice to all the other 70 prosecutors in Michigan is if you have a case in your county and you intend to prosecute a doctor under the statute, you have every right to do so right now. But even with all of that, Ed, all that explanation, I'm not done. But wait, there's more. Yeah, today, Planned Parenthood filed an appeal back to the Planned Parenthood case, and we filed in the Court of Appeals for our complaint for superintending control, and the court threw it out, said that the orders don't apply to prosecutors. Planned Parenthood filed an appeal of that order. Now, think about that for a minute. Who's the aggrieved party? Whose complaint got thrown out? Planned Parenthood's complaint? No, our complaint got thrown out. How does Planned Parenthood have any authority to appeal this order? They have none. But they're going up, they've gone up to the Michigan Supreme Court now and are asking for a stay. And they're violating the law because they're supposed to ask for the stay in the Court of Appeals, and they didn't. Blatant, illegal act on their part. And we're in the process now of finalizing a response, and we're going to be filing on Friday uh, with the Supreme Court and asking that their appeal be denied because it's ridiculous. So the, the winding path of these two cases, and then our case with the superintendent control, it's really been something. But now... We have this hearing coming up in a couple weeks, and there could be a lot more fireworks coming. I can't really talk about right now, but stay tuned next week. You might be hearing some things on Monday, I'll tell you. <laughs> You're talking about blatant, when you say blatant, uh, illegal uh, motions here and the like. Well, who's, who's going to, besides you, who's going to call that in a, from a place of authority? Well, that's why we have superintending control. We found another way legally to attack it because we could not appeal it. We were barred from doing anything in that case. But we found a way legally to go after it anyway, and we won. So when the higher court finally had a chance to look at what was going on, we won. And so I've been telling folks who've been getting calls here the last few days, look, this is just as bad what's going on here in Oakland County and I have every confidence that we get to the Court of Appeals, we're going to win again because the law is on our side. You cannot issue temporary restraining orders or injunctions based on rights that don't exist. I mean, that's just, it's unheard of. I've never seen it in 40 years of practicing law. Yet. It's unbelievable to me. Well, now, you said that one thing that Whitmer wanted was an injunction based on the fact that she intends to change the law. Is, is Did I hear that right? Right. She filed this lawsuit in Oakland County because she wants the law changed. She wants the Mahaffey case that it ruled 25 years ago that there's no right to an abortion 
She wants that overturned by the Michigan Supreme Court because she thinks our current makeup of the court right now will overturn Mahaffey. But you can't get TROs at a trial court where a judge is bound by existing precedent. And that's what she's doing. I mean, I honestly have no clue as to how this judge thinks he has any authority to do what he's doing. She's going, she is asking the Supreme Court. Ultimately, she wants to get this to the Supreme Court to ask the Supreme Court to do exactly what the U.S. Supreme Court did 50 years ago in Roe v. Wade, which is make it up out of thin air, create a new right out of nothing. It's nowhere in the Constitution. And that's what they did 50 years ago in Roe v. Wade. And look at all the hassle and problems we've had for 50 years. And now in Dobbs, a couple months ago, the Supreme Court finally got rid of all that and said, no, it's supposed to go back to the people and to the representatives in the legislative process. And now what happens the minute they do that and it comes back to Michigan? Governor Whitmer and the Democrats run into court and want to do and make the same mistake that they made at the federal level. They want to do it here at the state level and make a court-created right to abortion out of thin air. It's nowhere in the Constitution. They just want to make it up. And then impose that on everybody and forget the legislature, forget the people, forget any voting. No, they don't trust people. They don't trust the legislature. They don't trust our representative government. No, they're going to try to impose it through a few judges, through some lawyers in black robes, because they know better. Well, that's what Democrats do, though, is rule by administrative law rather than by, you know, the will of the people. We don't know really what the will of the people, well, I'm sorry, let me take that back. We do know what the will of the people is in Michigan because of the the laws that were passed by the representatives of the people of Michigan in the past. Now, whether a referendum comes up and changes that on the next ballot, that's a whole story. But you weren't saying that Whitmer was waiting for that. You meant that she was waiting for the Supreme Court to change the law. Right. Now, obviously, if that ballot proposal gets on the ballot this fall and if it passes, then none of this matters. All this machinations and the legal cases, none of it matters because then there'd be a new constitutional amendment putting abortion into the Constitution. I mean, obviously, we're going to fight that. I think that's an evil, evil proposition. And Christians had better wake up to it because you just saw what happened in Kansas this week. If this ballot proposal passes, Michigan will be on the same level as China and North Korea in our abortion policy, because this ballot proposal, contrary to what the governor and other people say, that it has limitations, there are no limitations. It has uh, exceptions in there that you could drive a truck through. It will allow abortion at any time up to the moment of birth. Michigan will become the most extreme abortion haven, if you want to call it that, in the country. We will have the most extreme law in the country. And that's what the governor wants. She wants abortion available at any point up to the moment of birth. She's made that clear. That's what Planned Parenthood wants. And that's outrageous. And I think hopefully once the people in Michigan find that out, they'll vote this down. There's other problems with it. And we could talk about this on another day, maybe. But, you know, parental consent. They don't want you to know. They want to, behind your back, take your daughter, go get this medical treatment and procedure, kill that baby that's in her her womb, and all without notice to the parents. That's what they want, and that's what this proposal will allow. It's things like that. It's outrageous, Ed. 
Well, why don't you join me after the break, and we'll talk about this some more, your American heritage. See you folks in a few minutes. We were made to be courageous. We were made to lead the way. We could be the generation that finally breaks the chains. We were made to be courageous. We were made to be courageous. We were warriors on the front lines, standing unafraid. And so we're back. Thanks for uh, coming back to the second half of your American heritage. Joining me in studio is is David Coleman of uh, Coleman Legal Services and also of Great Lakes Justice Center, greatlakesjc.org, and Salt Lake Global. So thanks, Dave, for coming on and explaining some of this. Now, of course, you know, you and I know, and we won't tell anybody else, so we're recording this on Thursday night. And uh, so after your, our conversation, the show is going to go live, and I'll be able to take callers. There's some other stuff I'm going to add after this. But before you go... What was happening on Friday again? Explain that again. Right. So, again, keeping these cases separate, you know, we filed a case, a complaint in the Court of Appeals against Judge Gleisher over her order, her injunction. That order came out Monday where the court threw out our complaint but then ruled our way and said our clients, the prosecutors, are not bound by that injunction. Planned Parenthood, I think it was either today or maybe late yesterday, uh, filed an appeal to the to the Michigan Supreme Court of the dismissal of our case. I mean, it's like, are you kidding me? Can wait? I mean, is that normal? Agree? Is that normal to file an appeal to a dismissal? Oh, it's crazy. I mean, what do they want? They want our complaint reinstated so we can keep going. I mean, I, I honestly, it's silly. It's just plain silly. But they've asked for a stay in the Michigan Supreme Court of the Court of Appeals order. Because they still wanted all money to know maybe Judge Gleisher's order would still apply to the prosecutors and stuff. So tomorrow on Friday, we're going to be filing a, a response and an answer to that appeal, pointing out the silliness of this and asking the Michigan Supreme Court to just summarily throw it out. I almost need a scorecard to keep up with all these things, you know, all these different cases and what's going on. I take but notes. The next, next thing will be August 17th, and there'll be a hearing. There's going to be witnesses. And like I say, keep your ears open for some news next week. It's going to be a very interesting hearing on the 17th. Okay, now the, the referendum that they're proposing, which that's, does that have enough signatures right now, to your knowledge, to be on the ballot? Well, they certainly turned in more than enough, like over 800,000 signatures, uh, more than double what they need. So everybody's assuming that they're going to have enough signatures. But it hasn't officially been ruled on yet by the Secretary of State, but everyone's expecting shortly they will be ruling. And then that will get it onto the ballot this November. I hope they use the same signature gathering firm that Chief Craig and Perry Johnson used, right? Uh, that's for sure. <laughs> well, folks, um, certainly something to pray against. I don't care if you're a libertarian or not and you think uh, – uh, well, that's fine. It's her body. She can do what she wants. This does not bode well for the culture. And certainly, uh, as the show's titled, Your American Heritage, this is not part of our heritage, killing babies, certainly uh, up until the moment they're delivered uh, from the womb. 
So uh, we need to pray and we need to, to pray hard and we need to make sure people know about this. We need to talk to our neighbors. We need to talk to people that uh, we run into somehow or other working into the conversation. And pastors need to be talking about this. And if your pastor isn't, ask him why not. And if he won't, maybe you need to find another pastor so that uh, people are made aware of how horrible this is. This isn't just like, you know, I, I gather a number of Americans feel like, yeah, abortion in the first trimester or, you know, first couple weeks when, you know, there's there's no movement, there's no heartbeat, there's no this or that. But uh, this is barbarism. This is barbaric. And I'm sure that the people of the state of Michigan, when they understand, of course, there's 800,000 people who signed this, but who knows if they even knew the full portent, of right, of what they were signing. Oh, yeah, we just want Roe v. Wade back. Well, it's it's a little bit more than that. It's it's barbarism, pure barbarism. Yeah. All right. So, and then, of course, there's no legal recourse should that happen. So, all right. Well, Dave, any other closing thoughts? No, I think that covers it. I know that was a lot to go through in a, a short period of time, but you're right. Just get people praying out there and stay informed. And we need to come out and vote this fall. We need to vote these people out. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, we need to get Governor Whitmer out of there. We need to get, you know, good, solid people in who are pro-life and pro-freedom of religion, pro-free speech, and get them in and stop this craziness and, and start pushing, you know, rolling back some of the, the terrible decisions and things that have been done in the last couple of years. Well, we know that Tudor Dixon got elected as uh, uh, the GOP contender for governess. And so- right. There are a number of people, I'm really disappointed what I'm reading in certain groups, Facebook groups, different areas where, oh, must have been stolen. Who knows who she is? I'm not going to vote because, you know, I'm moving out of the state. She's just Whitmer light. And I mean, this kind of defeatism drives me nuts because, hey, just because you didn't get your way, just because you didn't get Ryan Kelly or, you know, if you were going for Soldano or or uh, even Ralph Bant or Rinky, you know, I mean, Whatever. I believe the Rinky came out pro Tudor at this point. I believe that he has said, you know, he wants her, he wants to support her fully in her quest because that's the thing to do. We've got to get Whitmer out of office. We've got to show yep. up at the polls and vote our will. We can't sit home and let this, this uh, referendum be passed, right? Yeah. Honestly, I don't understand the attacks on Tudor Dixon. I mean, on, we had five candidates. Pick your candidate. More power to you. You know, there were some good choices there. I know Garrett Saldano real well. I mean, he's a friend, you know. I mean, there were a lot of good people. And I know Garrett has come out publicly now and said, let's back Tudor Dixon. But, you know, to say she's a rhino, what, why? I mean, I, I you know, look at her stance. She's strong pro-life. She's a mother of four children. She's a breast cancer survivor. She's a businesswoman, has worked in the steel industry, for goodness sake. She's been a, a commentator on TV and been in the media and stuff. I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds, thousands of hours of airtime that you can look at and see her conservative positions. Pro-family and pro-education and fixing the public schools and CRT. I mean, honestly, I, I get it that you might not have liked it that your candidate lost. But give me a break. Are you kidding me? You're going to let Whitmer win again? 
And then I got to deal with four more years of this craziness with these kinds of lawsuits. And you're going to get the results you're getting right now. Wake up, wake up. Let me just say this, Ed, how many people voted against Trump last time? Because he was mean. I mean, are you kidding me? We got three Supreme Court justices that just resulted in Roe v. Wade being overturned. We had less business regulation. We had a wall. We had immigration under control. We had all the, I mean, oh, he's me. He's not, he doesn't do nice tweets. Are you kidding me? And the same kind of thing here. I'm seeing the same kind of thing with Tudor Dixon. That's like, what is wrong with, come on, let's get behind. We have a common foe. It's the Democrat party who wants your kids to be brainwashed in the public schools into CRT and everything is systemic racism and abortion on demand is fine and biological boys in the bathroom and showers is totally fine. Let them take your spots of your daughters on their, on their sports teams. And all of this is just wonderful. And you're going to do all that because Tudor Dixon somehow is a right. I mean, you got to be. I'm sorry. You probably tell I'm a little exercised over that. I mean, <laughs> it's like, wake up, wake up. So you're you're going to sit home and not vote and let Gretchen Whitmer be in place for four more years and have this kind of craziness just intensify. I'll tell you what, I don't want to be sitting back and have to answer to my maker that I sat back and did nothing and abortion continued the way it's been going in our country and Michigan, because I wouldn't act to make sure Whitmer was out of office. I wouldn't act to make sure AG Nessel was out of office. And I wouldn't act to make sure we had pro-life legislators in office and on and on. Tom Barry, I mean, you can go down the line. If you sit on your hands, you got yourself to blame. And I don't want to be answering my maker if, if I do that. Yeah. I mean, once again, Tudor Dixon has come out and said she is pro-constitutional carry. We're talking about a woman who lost her grandparents to Whitmer's edicts concerning homes. So, I mean, this is a woman who's going to come out and fight for us. And when she gets up on that debate stage with Whitmer, with the pointed questions she can ask her about what she's done to the economy, how she yeah. let her husband go out on a boat when the rest of us couldn't, what she did to mom and pop stores, and shutting down churches and the fear-mongering, keeping kids locked out of classrooms long after other states were letting them in. All the stupid, detestable nonsense that she got away with. This woman's going to fight for us. Okay, well, we've nailed that one right down into the ground. That's great. So, Dave, thanks for joining us. We'll have you back again soon when we can talk about the, the fruit of your labors and the results. And once again, folks, an appeal to heaven. We need to pray to God that uh, that actually that David Coleman, who's uh, our champion in this battle in Great Lakes Justice Center, will prevail. And if you want to help the cause, go to greatlakesjc.org and contribute financially because this stuff costs money. This is not some get rich scheme on Dave's part or, or Will Wagner's part or any of their many associates. This helped pay the bill for court costs, filing, legal fees. All that stuff's expensive and they need help. Get in the fight so that one day when you face your maker, you can say, remember, sir, I did this. And he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. So thanks, Dave. Talk to you later. Thanks, Ed. Always great to be with you. Take All care. Right. Thanks. Bye. Well, we're live.
I trust you can hear me. Derek, am I coming across? Oh, good, thank you. The number is 734-822-1600. Dave couldn't make it today, so we had that conversation on Thursday. And um, as we were saying earlier, you know, about uh, about uh, um, Tudor Dixon, uh, four more years of Whitmer, if you can't pull it together and stop attacking the only one at this point that can oppose her, it's why Dems win. They don't play the stupid game. They don't give their candidates funny names or or uh, like I heard this morning on Abolitionist Roundtable where, where a friend of mine was was doing this and he was calling her, I think, Tudor Turtle Dixon. I thought, what what does that gain us to do that? You could say I'm going to vote for her till, till the, the cows come home, but that doesn't help if you're, you know, slurring by saying, but she's still an establishment character, which, hey, if you want to know more about Tudor Dixon and that whole establishment thing, if you missed the broadcast I did a few weeks ago with her, where I very pointedly asked her, are you an establishment character? You know, I, I asked her questions that established whether she was establishment or not. And I thought she did a pretty good job. You be the judge. Go to the podcast page, whamradio.com. And you can find the link to the podcast page that all my podcasts are at. And if you enjoy these, share them with your friends. I mean, if you're enjoying it, why wouldn't they? They're your friends, unless you want to protect them from me. So uh, we have a call. I'm not surprised. I'm going to find out from Derek who it is before I say another word. Joe. Geez, I'm surprised. Well, let's put Joe from Wyandotte. Joe, author of Terror Strikes. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you, my brother. Uh, two quick points and then a question we need to contemplate. Point one, and I'll let you re react. It is said, and I don't know if this stat relates to Michigan or not, that 40% of Christians are not even registered to vote. Get off your bleep. Register. Make sure everyone you know is registered and be prepared to drag them kicking and screaming if you need to to get them to the polls in November. Let me let me react to that. Thanks for giving me a second to react to that. I have a I know a guy, Pastor Dan McGee, and we were discussing him coming on the show, and he's very familiar with black robed regiment. I am very much a fan of the concept of the black robed regiment. And there's another guy who's a national author, pastor Dan Smith, who's written a book on the black robe regiment. And this is all about the pastors who were doing their job before the revolutionary war to prepare their congregations for the revolutionary war. There's a gentleman I talked to. Oh no, it was a guy I had on the show. He was a Lutheran pastor. And he told me about a Lutheran, uh, a Lutheran pastor who before his congregation stood up took off his black robe to display his colonial uh, colonial army, um, you know, uh, uniform, and then marched off the war and took his congregation with him, those who wanted to go. And, and we need, like I said, we need pastors who are going to bring these issues and courage. I mean, this is America. This is biblical heritage. And we need pastors who aren't afraid to stand up in front of their congregation and just tell them, you need to vote. You need to vote for pro-life people. Now, it's funny, you can't say a name. You can't say vote for Tudor Dixon. And yet I drive by this church on Harris Road here in Ipsy during the election and the 
They've got signs all over for all the liberal Democrat candidates. They get away with it. So it's about time pastors stood up. And if your pastor, once again, isn't standing up, ask him why. Okay, what else, Joe? Exactly. And to tie back to that first point, uh, Whitler wants this initiative on the ballot because she knows it's the only way to drive her base and her only chance at re-election. Back to point one. If you register everyone you know and we all get out to vote, spare me this, my vote don't count crap. Spare me this, you know, they're just going to cheat. We need to vote in such overwhelming numbers that their attempts to cheat cannot even prevail. And we must get Brian Zera back on the Michigan Supreme Court, and we must elect Paul Hudson over Richard Bernstein for the Michigan Michigan Supreme Court, because like David was alluding to, they have liberal activist control of the Michigan Supreme Court right now, and that's because you idiots that aren't registered to vote allowed it to happen the last time. I'll let you react to that. Well, my reaction is our audience is not idiots, so that's just a, a, a straw man you're talking to. But hey, we got a couple other callers, Joe, and I got to take these calls, okay? All right, but the question is, what if Tudor gets elected, and Dana still gets in. Can she, we need David to address, do like DeSantis did and remove the prosecutor for refusing to uphold Jesus. our law? Yeah, that's uh, a good point. I love you, brother. Take care. Thanks, Joe. That was Joe Lenard, author of Terror Strikes. Speaking of some of you who strikes terror into my heart, it's Pastor Rick. Pastor Rick. How you doing? Hey, Liz, I just want to make a quick comment on something David was alluding to about people wanting to stay home because their person didn't win. We just spent uh, our last show talking about people with this uh, me-first attitude. And normally I find that in, in the liberals. But for any conservative to sit there and cry that their person didn't win, so they're going to stay home and vote, they're no better than a liberal. None. Zero. Zilch. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're either for us or against us. Uh, Jesus said that about about uh, Laodicea, the church in Laodicea. You are neither warm nor cold. I'm going to spit you out. Be one or the other. Pick a side. Yeah, Get I, off the fence. It, these people who are these poor pity boo-boos that my person didn't win, so I'm not going to vote at all. I'm going to punish everyone because they didn't vote like me. Get over it. Well, my guy didn't win, so it must have been stolen. Yeah, exactly. Thanks. Anything else, Rick, before right. you go? No, nope, have a blessed day. Oh, thank you very much. I will, and you too. And so we have Walter from Ypsilanti is on the phone with a comment about Tudor Dixon. And I have a question for Walter. So let's talk to Walter. Yeah, man. Great show, man, as usual. Hey, uh, I, I give the same sentiment as Joe and our pastor. I mentioned a little bit at the tail end of the other show about co-workers on my job that want to talk politics, conservatism every day, but I asked them. I really nipped it in the bud, and I find out a few of them did not go out to vote in the primaries. I don't want some people ever talking to me about anything political. They said they're going to go out in the general. I mean, it's not so bad, but that they didn't see how important that was. That's the passivity that gave us Rick Snyder, Obama, and Biden, that passivity, that lukewarmness, that that at ease in Zion spirit, you know, you, you and I know that term, but, uh, I want to, 
I hope if you get Tudor Dixon on your show, and she's one of the main ones on that debate, in that debate with the other Republicans, and Stand Up Michigan, where a guy goes into detail with each candidate, uh, and they, you really know what, it, what they're about. And every last one of them are conservative, by the way. She's one of the only okay. ones that bought off how that phony Gretchen, I think you touched off on Good it, second. went out to eat with 12 people at a table at a restaurant when she told us how many people can only gather at a restaurant. They have got to expose that witch for that. They have got she to expose so her hypocrisy. And her husband, you, you mentioned her husband. Well, she allowed him to do what she set rules for us. They have got to bring that out. Neither one of those guys brought that out, but she mentioned it. She and she mentioned again the detail, almost the detail why the gas prices are high. And she pointed towards Biden and other ones. The other ones were saying what they can do to better, I guess, prices in Michigan. But she got to the nitty gritty, and she is conservative. Ed, flat out, she's conservative without a doubt. Running out of time here. I got to get a comment in here. I heard you on Abolitionist this morning, and you said you didn't know much about Tudor, which means you didn't listen to this show where I had her on a couple weeks ago and asked her very pointed questions. So once again, if you want to hear these questions, and I've been told it was a great interview, and I, it may have actually changed the election because she went up like 30 points after that after that interview, uh, and she's going to come back again. She told me she couldn't make it today. She'll be back again in the future. Um, no, and I said I didn't know nothing about it. She had a political background. I didn't know if she had a political background, but I tell you what, when I heard her in that interview with uh, the guy's last name is Armstrong, oh man, you were like, I don't know which one to vote for. They were all great. I mean, compared to what the right. hell on earth we, we got now in office, they are all great. I would have voted for either one of them. I don't care. Hands down. Tudor Dixon is the girl. And by the way, I voted for her because she's pretty. No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's stupidity right there. That's the kind of, that's, that's, we got people out there that actually vote for stuff like that, you know? <laughs> well, we Thanks, know somebody who this it. morning said on air that uh, that's why Trump picked her, because she was just another pretty face. And I don't buy that at all. Uh, oh, that Trump made me nervous, bro. That made me nervous. No, I heard her heart, man. That lady is, I believe she's genuine. Yes. She only gives us a surprise, but I really and believe it, man, like that especially what she experienced like personally with that COVID scam. Okay, if we support her, she's electable. Just got a little bit. I got to take one last caller. Derek, put our caller Thanks, on, Ed. please. Okay, go ahead, caller. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what? I think if people opened the Word of God and um, looked at Philippians 4 um, verses 1, through nine especially, and six, he, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. That means we all need to be praying. There is power in prayer. And the whole chapter, and if you read the footnotes, they all talk about don't just take anything for granted. Pray, 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 pray. I'm glad you mentioned footnotes because, folks, if you have just a Bible without footnotes, get yourself a good study Bible with footnotes. It explains a lot of what you have read, and it'll, it'll explain it to you very much more clearly. It, it uh, really broadened my horizons when I read the Bible. So thanks for calling, Sherry. I will see you shortly, I trust. I appreciate the call. <laughs> thanks, everybody, for calling. Thanks for listening. We've had, I think, a pretty good show today. I I have a guest coming next week that shocked me. So make sure you stay tuned next week. It's really going to be interesting. Once again, thanks for joining us at Your American Heritage. 
bless God, America. That's the important thing, that America bless God. Thanks for producing, Derek. I appreciate the warning. The time's up. Enjoy the music.